thousands of dollars you create when you have the right team and buy the right property using the right map. Appreciation. Real estate doubles in value about every 20 years. Equity buildup. Renters paid down your mortgage each month. And finally, the tax advantage. We pay almost no taxes on our cash flow and capital gains. These are the five ways we make money in real estate, which is why real estate accounts for more millionaires in the world today than any other investment vehicle. You should have some real estate in your portfolio. To learn how, attend one of our free workshops. Call 866-971-8970 or go to 5wayswemakemoney.com and register for the next available workshop. That's 866-971-8970. Or go to fivewayswemakemoney.com. Money 105.5. Views expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station, its owner, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Hey, welcome to the Impact Hour. Today's show is titled, That's So Messed Up. I've seen that a lot, heard that a lot lately. People are looking at social media, they're looking at the news, and there's thought and the comment is basically, man, that is so messed up. And we get really riled up and fired up about all these things going on out there and there is really a lot of kind of angst about all of this news and information that we're seeing and, and hearing about. And I often kind of see an attitude of kind of this uh, maybe self-justification, maybe self-righteousness that, you know, hey, I've got the right answer. And those folks over there, they are so messed up or that guy is so messed up. In today's show, the topic really is about personal responsibility. Now, don't hear that with judgment. <laughs> That's not really what kind of where I'm coming from at all. Uh, we all do this. We all get into a place of judgment sometimes and have to catch ourselves. And uh, just wanted to uh, explore today the, the relatedness between what is going on out there and in our families and in our workplaces and in our inner thoughts and our inner world and this self-personal responsibility and this thinking that the problem is out there. Because it's very easy to think that the problem is out there and not in here. So we'll talk a lot about, about this today, but I also wanted to kind of make a connection between today's topic and what we talked about last week. And last week, uh, we really talked about being vulnerable. And we talked about kind of there's a relationship between being vulnerable and feeling shame or fearing being shamed and self-worth. And this really is kind of the fourth leg of that, kind of the fourth leg of the chair. This having personal responsibility really is the other side of shame and judgment. So just to kind of recap a little bit about last week, if you didn't really get a chance to listen to it, um, you can go to the impacthour.com and listen to the full show. Uh, but really talked about being vulnerable is really required for just about any kind of breakthrough you want to have in your life. <clears throat> it requires putting yourself out there, being at emotional risk. Um, if you want to start something new, that's pretty risky. 
starting a new business, starting some sort of new endeavor, doing something different than people have seen before. Uh, there's a lot of risk to that, and that's being vulnerable. And whenever we need to grow ourselves or to try something new and to sort of more come alive, if you will, rather than just doing the same thing over and over again, that requires some risk and vulnerability. And so we talked about that last week and the relationship between that and being worried about being shamed or fearing shame, feeling like maybe we're not worthy or who are we to do this new thing, um, or just worried about what people might say. And that's kind of a, you know, when we believe in ourselves that we are not worthy, that's basically an internal shame that we've taken on. Or if we're afraid of what people will think, that's more of a fear of judgment and shame from others. And so that is a, a thing that really hinders us being vulnerable. And our self-worth comes into play in there. So if we are really good with ourselves and know that we know deeply within us that we are valued and we have worth, uh, then what other people say really won't have that much effect on us. So those three, three things are really interrelated. And then this idea of not taking personal responsibility or taking personal responsibility, whichever way that goes, is the fourth side of this. Um, because if we don't take personal responsibility, we are blaming other people. And that's the other side of judgment and shame. So not taking responsibility, like I mentioned, is a, is a way of uh, blaming other people, or we end up blaming other people. And we pass judgment on them, and then they're faced with possibly taking on shame or fear of being shamed. And they might even start feeling shame for themselves if this is something that goes on for a long time. So this really is a, is a deep personal growth kind of topic, at least it has been for me. Uh, for me, taking personal responsibility was, was a challenge, and of course it grew along with my ability to be vulnerable at the same time. Um, but taking personal responsibility for things uh, really gives power. So let's, I just wanted to highlight a little bit what does it look like if we don't have personal responsibility. And like I mentioned before, if we are not responsible for what's going on, if what's going on is not us, then it must be somebody else. And so we blame others. And when we blame others, we give them control. So we wait and wait for them to fix it. And we stay stuck because if we aren't responsible for it, then we can't do anything to fix it. And so we sit in judgment of them. They're doing it wrong, which then interferes with our relationships. If this is in the family or in the workplace, you know, having judgment on other folks in the family or at work or in other social settings, you know, how does that affect the relationship? Usually doesn't go so good. It puts others in the defensive. They have to defend themselves. And they're not so free to change because as they are being judged, they end up putting up resistance because judgment usually is met with resistance at the other side. And if they are resisting, then they're not open to the change and not willing to look at it. 
And if we are judging others, it's likely that we begin judging ourselves and we become our own critic. Our inner voice starts to criticize ourselves because we're passing judgment on other people for behavior that perhaps we are also doing, then there's an incongruence there and we start judging ourselves, or we fear being judged by others for that same behavior. And then we create a culture and environment that doesn't feel safe for folks to feel vulnerable. And it's much harder for other folks to take responsibility. So they start returning and reciprocating with judgment themselves. And there's blame and judgment. And there's this vicious cycle where we pass judgment on others and say, man, that guy is so messed up or they are messed up. And then that person gets word of this and wind of this, and then they too need to defend themselves. And then they start passing judgment back. And then it creates this whole culture where nobody is being vulnerable and nobody ever wants to take responsibility. And so we stop being vulnerable, they stop being vulnerable. We put on a mask of, hey, I'm great, because if we don't, holy cow, what could happen? And we disconnect from ourselves and others emotionally. And then we start to feel lonely because the real us can't come out and play. And so you can see all of these effects of, that can happen from a culture of not taking personal responsibility. Now it can be tough if you've lived in a culture like that for a very long time, it might be really, really hard to come out and start to be vulnerable and take responsibility. Uh, I know I've been in environments like that and it can be pretty darn tough. But we'll give you some tools on this and we'll talk some more and kind of dig in. And so that's what today's show is all about. We're gonna go to a break. You are listening to the Impact Hour. Do you want your kids to listen to you more? Bosses, do you want your employees to be more engaged? Salespeople, do you want your customers to be more inclined to say yes? I'm Rena Bonicio from the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Let's explore some simple changes you can make to get the responses you want from people. Schedule your free discovery session with me at theimpacthour.com. Making some simple changes in yourself can make a dramatic difference in your relationships. Schedule your free discovery session at theimpacthour.com. Some assembly required. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Hey, welcome back. Today we're talking about personal responsibility and kind of a response to that concept, that thought we have in our mind as we engage with the world and the news and social media, that that's so messed up. And just before the break, I went over all of the effects of what happens when people don't take personal responsibility, and it creates this culture 
where it's not safe to be, be vulnerable, it's not safe to take responsibility. There's this blame shame environment and people just kind of hunker down you know, and they kind of put their heads down in the trench. And that's kind of the response that goes on. And uh, I think I see a lot of that socially uh, in, in our culture, politically and social media, this whole space where there's a lot of a lot of shaming and blaming and judgment and it doesn't feel safe to come out and let the real us play and share. There's a quote, I think this is from someone from IBM, I got this out of a book called Daring Greatly. I thought the quote was really great. Uh, it says, the secret killer of innovation in companies is shame. You can't measure it, but it is there. Every time someone holds back on a new idea, fails to give their manager much-needed feedback, and is afraid to speak up uh, in front of a client, you can be sure shame played a part. That deep fear we all have of being wrong, of being belittled, of being less than, is what stops us taking the very risks required to move our companies forward. And I know I've experienced that in companies. I had uh, a place I worked at and the blaming thing was like built into the culture. If something ever went wrong, the first thing they did was to look to see whose fault it was and then go and talk to that person about what they did wrong. And that makes it very unsafe uh, in an environment to take risks in. Uh, people didn't try new things. They didn't take risks and go, hey, let's check this out and see if this would be a good idea. Because if something didn't go right on it, then they would be the target of that blame and then the, the social stigma that would happen along with that would be horrible. And so I think that's the thing that kills large companies as they get a, into a culture where nobody takes risks for fear of being wrong. And then the company stops innovating and they take small incremental steps and then smaller new companies come along and come up with something brand new. And then suddenly they have this new competitor that might even change the whole industry and then that big company is is in trouble. And while that is true, today's story is really not about companies, but I think this blame, judgment, and shame is a secret killer of flourishing families as well. In the family, is it safe to, to experiment and try things and to make mistakes? Or is that something where someone will jump on it and say, hey, that was wrong or that was bad, and uh, there's no, no willingness or it's not safe to share. There's no willing to let someone try things out and not, and not do it right. Or to be vulnerable and say, hey, I really messed this up the other day. I'm sorry about that. Or they're going to be afraid that, hey, if they shared that, that uh, the response would be, hey, uh, that's right, you were wrong. You know, you better not have done that. Don't ever do that again or whatever. Uh, that can just be really, really devastating culture in the family of having an open space where people are just accepted and then if there's this blame and shame environment people always wonder am I am I really accepted so a lot of times we don't take responsibility because we're afraid that we might be rejected which sounds pretty cliche but it's really a deep fear a lot of us have it's a loss of community and community is one of those things that we really really need it's a, it's a deep need. If you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, community is in there, I think at uh, level three or four in his hierarchy of needs, and it's pretty important. 
and we fear that loss of community. We fig- we fear we'll have a we'll kind of have the bozo label put on us, and people will be afraid to interact with us, and we'll be the the outcast. Sometimes we don't want to take responsibility. We don't we don't want to have to look bad. We don't want to have that. We don't want to have to. We don't want to appear well uh, in front of other people. Uh, maybe growing up, we learned to have a mask put on so that we can be loved and accepted by family members and other people. And if we take personal responsibility for certain things, then we might risk uh, losing out on that love and acceptance. And we can avoid immediate consequences. Sometimes we're worried about you know what might happen if we own up to what what has happened. And uh, one of the problems with that, of course, though, is that the, the long-term price is actually way higher than whatever immediate consequence uh, that, that might occur. And I know at work, uh, we had some odd things. Some of the workplaces I had, uh, we were working there. The manager got the team together, and we're all sitting in the meeting. And they start the meeting and said, well, so-and-so is no longer with us. And then they move on to the rest of the meeting. There's no explanation. There's no anything. And we're all sitting there wondering, well, why is so-and-so not with us? And what happened? And it, it was the way it was done made us understand that something unacceptable had happened, but we weren't told what that was. And then we were afraid from then on, what if whatever that unacceptable thing was something that we do and, you know, what could happen there? And so that, that environment was very, very difficult uh, to take personal responsibility in, to, to be vulnerable. It just didn't feel safe at all. And so we avoid responsibility to protect ourselves. So one of the key things uh, about taking personal responsibility, it's kind of this fun dynamic. You know, I want other people to take responsibility, but I don't want to do that myself. <laughs> so it's a... Uh, you know, I want you to take personal responsibility, but heck with that, I'm not going to take personal responsibility. And uh, it's kind of this odd thing, this uh, desire and expectation of other people different from ourselves. And the biggest part of that is to take the judgment out. Even before we take personal responsibility, learning to take the judgment out of it frees us up to take a look at it. So I don't know if you've ever experienced being with somebody and uh, you're worried about sharing this or that, and they start by opening up and sharing something that they messed up on or something that they're not proud of, or, hey, I did something like that in the past, and then it just it can just relax. In fact, sometimes, you know, when, when I've shared like that, you can see the other person just visibly just let out a sigh and go, ah, okay, it's, this is a safe place. And that is, that is a way of taking the judgment out of the whole scenario um, and making it a little bit more safe uh, when you're in a relationship. Judgment is where we make something right or wrong or good or bad. If we're doing that, we're saying it should be this way or it shouldn't be this way. And if it shouldn't be this way, then we go into resistance and uh, we decide it shouldn't be this way and it's just not right and this is bad. And that whole thought process puts us into judgment. And now we're not free to look and see what happened. Why did it happen that way? What's my part in it? Or any of those types of things. And so a huge part of learning to take personal responsibility 
is to take the judgment out. Now, I'm not talking about justifying criminal behavior. I'm not talking about saying everything is okay. But that's not most of us. Most of us aren't engaged in that sort of behavior. And whatever has happened, whatever mistakes we've had, whatever our part is, usually it's not you know, criminal behavior or that kind of thing. And there really isn't, doesn't really serve us to, to have judgment around it. So when there is judgment, we'll shut down. We don't allow ourselves to look at it. It's not okay. We don't want to feel like we're the kind of person who does that sort of thing. We might be afraid that, you know, whatever stigma with the behavior was, that that'll be who we are, not just something we did, or we're afraid that people will see us that way. So if it is not wrong, then we're free to look at it. We can start to ask questions like, what's my role in this? How have I contributed? Am I reacting to past wounds more than what's actually going on right now? Am I putting on them something that's really going on with me? And if there's no judgment behind it, there's no making it wrong or saying it should be this other way, then that's the right way, then we're free to, to look at these questions with an open mind and just explore and examine. And of course, last week we talked about judgment as well. And so all these four things, uh, being vulnerable and taking personal responsibility and judgment and shame are all kind of wound around together and they're all interrelated. Um, so it comes up again today. And self-worth is important as well. Like I mentioned for last week, it's pretty important for taking responsibility. And it's kind of counterintuitive but if we start taking responsibility for our part in things, it actually helps to create more self-worth, not less. As we talked about earlier, the, the culture of shame and blame makes it harder to feel okay about ourselves and to feel safe. And if we start to take personal responsibility for what is going on, then we start to diminish that culture that toxic culture where people are not safe to take risks and to be themselves. And when that culture diminishes, it actually helps us to have more self-worth. And self-worth can be pretty tricky. It's easy to equate others' opinions of us with our self-worth. I know I've done that. And for the guys out there, a lot of times, for us, our inner sense of value is tied to our performance, our success, and our position at work. So our value as a person is not the same as our success or our position, but a lot of times it feels that way. So our sense of self-worth allows us to open up and to take responsibility. And later on, I'll talk about what does it mean to take responsibility and what kind of areas uh, can we take responsibility for. Um, but when we have a better sense of self-worth and self-value, we can open up and we don't have to worry about feeling worthless. We can just say, this is not who I am, but this is what I did. And then be able to look at it and share with people and take, take responsibility and be vulnerable around that. And again, 
Your worth as a person is not the same as the monetary value that you bring to your work. Those things are separate, even though they might feel the same. Those are very different. So we're going to go into break. I will talk again uh, more about this when we come right back. following statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you want your thin hair to feel and look thicker? With Viviscal, the number one drug-free healthy hair supplement in the U.S., two little tablets is all it takes, guaranteed. Viviscal is clinically researched to promote existing hair growth for men and women. And right now, a 90-day supply of Viviscal is offered in your area, risk-free plus free shipping. Viviscal nourishes thinning hair from within, and we guarantee you'll love your hair growth results. Viviscal is so effective, it's recommended by doctors. Here's what dermatologist Dr. John Laura has to say about Viviscal. I feel confident recommending Viviscal. It's backed by 25 years of research and multiple clinical studies that demonstrate Viviscal's effectiveness in promoting the growth of thicker, fuller hair. It's so easy to try Viviscal. Call right now for a 90-day risk-free supply plus free shipping. Call 800-335-6708. That's 800-335-6708. 800-335-6708. Join Brand- Brandon Heinz and Mike Driggers as they introduce the heavy hitters in business. Learn valuable tools and some of the challenges that face these entrepreneurs, authors, and coaches on In The Now. In The Now will engage and encourage you to take the next step to your financial and personal success. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. and follow the show on the Money 105.5 app. Join Brandon and Mike for a powerful hour of business tips and marketing strategies every Thursday at 10 a.m. on In The Now. Mannington is a flooring manufacturer and they produce many of the flooring products that Waldo Bauer's flooring showroom carries. Together they make a great team. Mannington produces a large variety of beautiful and practical products, reasonably priced. Wood, laminate, vinyl, and luxury vinyl planks and tiles that are waterproof and pet-proof. And Waldo Bauer's has the largest flooring selection in Northern California. Right now they have some new area rugs and some are wool. Waldo Bowers will always have something special for you. If you're not quite ready for new flooring, Waldo Bowers carries all the manufacturer's cleaning products, including host dry cleaning machines for rent. And take a look at the wallpapers and window coverings too. Excellent customer service, professional installation, and affordable prices. Why would you go anywhere else? 0% financing is available on approved credit. Waldo Bowers, join us on Facebook or online at waldobowersfloorcovering.com or call 451-0114. 451-0114. Fridays at 2. Lock it into Money 105.5 for the rush hour for success. It's a show dedicated to your success with information about what's going on in the community, reviews of places to visit around Sacramento, and of course, topics that involve experts in money strategies, business, real estate, and things that matter most in life. Join the watch star himself, Jim T. Chong. Get entertained, get educated, and get with a rush for success. Fridays at 2 on Money 105.5. Hi, I'm attorney Eric Meyer of Meyer Lobses, the host of Money 105.5's new show, The Wealth and Family Show. Every Thursday at 4 p.m., we'll talk about how to build and protect your wealth and family. In this complicated world we live in, be confident you have taken the steps to ensure everything you've worked hard for and what matters most your family are protected. Join the conversation every Thursday afternoon at 4. Straight talk and to the point. This is personal. This is family. This is the Wealth and Family Show. Meaning. 
significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Parents, do you want your kids to listen to you more? Bosses, do you want your employees to be more engaged? Salespeople, do you want your customers to be more inclined to say yes? I'm Rena Bonicio from the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Let's explore some simple changes you can make to get the responses you want from people. Schedule your free discovery session with me at theimpacthour.com. Making some simple changes in yourself can make a dramatic difference in your relationships. Schedule your free discovery session at theimpacthour.com. Some assembly required. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Welcome back. On today's show, we've been talking about, it's titled, That's So Messed Up. And we go through the world, uh, it's just feeling like uh, everything out there is just really messed up. We can get depressed and outraged over what we see and feel really just sad or we could just feel maybe even angry about what we see out there, feel outraged. Uh, our nation is getting very polarized, and we start to take sides, and we dig in, and we start to defend our position, and we have judgment on the other side, and we're saying, man, those folks are whatever derogatory you, word you use. <laughs> we say, uh, I guess, for like my parents would be, those folks are idiots, and... Uh, some folks don't use nice words like that even, but even though that's not great. So anyways, we've been talking today about the relationship between that and that experience and having judgment and taking personal responsibility, which is a complete shift in the whole conversation. When we take responsibility, it's really about seeing how are we contributing to this. It's pretty different. Rather than blaming other people, it's looking at ourselves and going, well, how am I, how am I a part of making this happen this way? You know, how am I creating this thing that I'm outraged about and see what I can do to make a difference in that? I want to let you know also that if you've missed any past episodes, you can go to theimpacthour.com and you can listen to past episodes. Uh, you can also take me with you on with you on your phone or whatever mobile device you have as a podcast today. Uh, with the rain is a great day to go ahead and curl up in front of a fire and listen to a good podcast. <laughs> so our happiness, our sense of connection and belonging, our inner well-being, and our circumstances will not be fixed by Washington. We have a lot of focus on what is going on out there, but if we want to change our situation, our circumstances, and take control over our life and our sense of well-being and connection, that change has to come from in here, in here being in you. That's not going to come from anywhere out there. It seems like it should come from out there. It seems like all the things that are going wrong are out there, but it just seems that way. Folks who are generally happy in life are happy pretty much regardless of what is going on out there. And if we keep blaming somebody else, 
for our circumstances, for our situation, we'll be stuck. If it's their problem, then we're not responsible for it. We're not the ones who can fix it. It's a mindset. But if we take judgment out and we say, well, how am I contributing to this? How am I creating my experience of this situation? And how am I contributing to the problems that I see? Then we can take responsibility. I can take responsibility and I can change. Now, sometimes the problems we see out there aren't things we can immediately address. And as many of you probably know, we can't control other people's behaviors. That's not what we're responsible for, but we can take responsibility for our behaviors. So for instance, if throughout the week I'm looking at the news and social media and I find myself angry a good portion of the day, every single day, I can do something about that. I can decide, you know, this, this watching the news so much so intensely might actually not be serving me. And I can trust that whatever news needs to get to me will get to me and I can reduce the amount of news or maybe even turn off the news, whatever serves. And so that's what we're talking about in terms of responsibility. How are we creating the experience that we're having? How are we creating the, the situations that we are in and seeing how can we make a change so that it's different? Part of that is to take the judgment out of, as I mentioned. So if your thought pattern is, I'm doing this and this over here because they did, fill in the blank, whatever they did, you're probably not taking responsibility. And now you might be thinking, yeah, but they just did whatever this is. How is that my fault? And you can see how that whole thinking is interwoven with blame and judgment. That's blame and judgment all over whatever these other people did. And of course, if you look at the specific situation, whatever action took place, whatever was said, you're probably not directly responsible for those things. But the question comes to how could you be indirectly responsible for it? Did you put yourself in a situation where it was more likely to happen? Are you hanging around with people who do things that you don't like so that you're more likely to have something, whatever it is, happen to you? Of course, that phrase, happen to you, that always feels so constricted. <laughs> uh, so when you take the judgment out, say, okay, whatever they did, it's not bad, it's not, not wrong. And you can look, is it possible that they're just reacting to you? What you've done and what you've said. Maybe that's possible. Maybe that was a way that, that you've contributed to the situation. And without judgment, is it possible that they're being triggered by a past experience? They're hurting and it doesn't have anything to do with you at all. And if that's true, maybe that would change your experience of it. Maybe you can have more compassion for them. Is it possible that they aren't the ones being triggered at all? Maybe you're the one bringing a past hurt into the current situation. And it really doesn't have anything to do with them at all. Is it possible that it's all you and not them at all? Without judgment, you can ask all those questions. You're free to ask. It's not being made wrong. You can go ahead and just get curious about it. 
what's really going on here? And just ask the question. And you don't have to resist or feel like you'll be made wrong. So when we take responsibility, there are quite a few areas in which we can take responsibility, and as some of them, they might be pretty surprising. We can take responsibility for our actions, which is obvious. That's what most people think about when they take responsibility. A lot of people, when they think take responsibility, usually what's thought of is, I've already done something not great and I can apologize for it, and that's certainly a way to take responsibility. But we can be responsible for our actions even ahead of time. And that sometimes might involve some of these other items as well. So the next thing we can take responsibility for is our emotions. Now that for some of you might be a pretty new concept. But someone says or does something and we feel a certain way. I know that's happened to me. Someone has said something and now suddenly I'm hurt or I'm angry or I'm afraid. And I think they did it to me. They made me feel that way and I'm putting all the responsibility on them. I'm blaming them for how I feel. And it's surprising, but we can actually take responsibility for our emotions and look at what is going on and why are we feeling that way. Not that every time we feel fear or we feel angry or feel upset or hurt, that it's necessarily wrong and needs to be changed, but what is contributing to that? Just like some of the previous questions, is it possible that I could be feeling afraid because of a past experience I had when I was younger and I'm bringing that experience into the current situation? And now I'm expressing fear to somebody in a current situation that doesn't have anything to do with that past experience, but I'm pulling that past experience into it. The way to take responsibility would be to look at it and go, oh, Maybe you can't quite do it like that <laughs> because this is kind of tough stuff. But you can look at it and go, hey, that's, that's this past experience. That's not actually what's going on now. And then take responsibility for it. We can take responsibilities for our thoughts. Our thoughts are within our control. Sometimes we feel like our thoughts spin out of control. I know I've gotten into cycles where it just going around and oh this person did this and they did this and oh why are they that way and they're just so cruddy and blah 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 and it gets this this kind of just spins around and around and I'm thinking about all this stuff and I can be responsible for that and go hey wait wait that's not all true let's get out of this funk let's think about something else and so we can take responsibility for thoughts we can take responsibility for our habits for what we habitually do Sometimes my habits involve just this is what normally happens at this time of day, and so I just do it. Uh, but sometimes my habits include my responses to people. So people will say certain things or talk about things, and I'll just respond a certain way habitually. And that's a habit. And I can change that and take responsibility for that. We are responsible for our reactions, kind of similar to what I talked about, the habitual responses. We can take responsibility for that. And we can say, hey, I want to react different. I want to respond different. I don't know if you can relate, but I've had push buttons. Someone says or does something just the right way, or the wrong way if you want to look at it that way, and suddenly I'm just rawr. Just emotionally, it's just, you know, it seems out of control. That's a reaction. 
in that particular moment, it might be hard to take responsibility for it, but it can be worked on, and over time it can shift. And we can always go back and say, hey, that response, I'm really sorry for that. I was really struggling with this thing, and I apologize. And we can also be responsible for our self-worth. We can be responsible for how we view ourselves and how we esteem ourselves. That's not on other people to do for us. And we can take responsibility for that and work in habits in our life, work in practices that tell ourselves, hey, I'm worth something. I'm valuable just because I am, regardless of what anybody else might tell me. So those are some areas in which we can take responsibility. And if we look at it from that perspective, that is a lot more healthy and a lot more helpful. If we want to apply this back out towards what's going on out there, this thought of that's so messed up. That's a response, that's emotional reaction to what we see out there. It might be sad, whatever we're seeing in there, but it's worth asking. Is it possible I'm contributing to it? Maybe some folks out there are reacting to me or to us collectively as a group. And so it's not really they're initiating, but they are in a reactive mode as well. So we will talk some more about this. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Parents, do you want your kids to listen to you more? Bosses, do you want your employees to be more engaged? Salespeople, do you want your customers to be more inclined to say yes? I'm Rena Bonicio from the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Let's explore some simple changes you can make to get the responses you want from people. Schedule your free discovery session with me at theimpacthour.com. Making some simple changes in yourself can make a dramatic difference in your relationships. Schedule your free discovery session at theimpacthour.com. Some assembly required. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Welcome back to the Impact Hour. We've been talking today about personal responsibility and how that contrasts, kind of blends in with this thought that, hey, that's so messed up out there. And I've been going through how can you, we, can you, we, any of us, evaluate and take personal responsibility for what is going on out there. Maybe there's something going on in here that's contributing to what's going on out there. So is it possible that whoever's doing whatever it is out there, that they're really being triggered by a past experience and it doesn't have anything to do with you or the public or whatever it is. They're just having their cruddy experience. Is it possible that whoever it is, whatever's going on out there is not being triggered and instead we are the ones with the past hurt we're bringing into the current situation and we're having a strong emotional reaction to whatever is going on because of that past experience and it really isn't as directly relevant to what's going on right now. We're just reacting to it. 
Is it possible that it's all of us, whoever's getting triggered and upset by what's going on out there, and it's not them at all? I don't know the answers to those questions, but it's worth asking. Is it possible that we've got polarized sides and we are just being triggered and reacting to each other back and forth and back and forth, and we're really not taking a look at what is really going on, what is really being said, what is really being felt, what are they afraid of, what are we afraid of? What is really keeping us locked in this kind of dynamic where there's all this judgment and shame out there? And can we have a different conversation where all of that is removed and say, hey, let's get together and just talk about this. And there's no right or wrong. There's no winners or losers. We're not going to get together to put the kibosh on them and show them how wrong they are and just sit down and say, hey, this is how I look at it. This is how I feel. And what do you think? And what do you feel? And just have a chance to get together and talk. What if your family was like that? Where you could just get together and say, hey, this is, this is what I see and this is what I understand and what do you see and what do you understand and have a chance to just talk without anybody being made wrong or anyone being judged or having any sort of consequence, assuming we're not actually doing anything criminal, like I mentioned earlier. So I have some, some suggestions or tips at the end here. And this is for when you feel like you're just about to be triggered, you're about to have emotions come up, you're about to lay some blame on somebody else. Maybe you're feeling fear, or maybe you're feeling hurt or angry. Maybe you're just about to lay into somebody or to express hurt. And these are just seven questions to ask yourself just to see and help you take personal responsibility and there's no right or wrong answers to these questions. It's just a way to look. So if you look at the questions and answer them, maybe it might reveal something that's helpful. And if they don't, then they don't. But the first one, and by the way, these come from a, a good friend of ours. Uh, George Kansas has this uh, YouTube video called The Seven Inquiries. And I can give you the URL. And it's got a bunch of letters and numbers in it. And you probably wouldn't be able to write it all down. So the best way to find it is to search on YouTube and search for the inquiries, seven questions with the power to heal your life. And if you search for that, it should come up. So the first question is, what do I see? What, what are the actual facts of what is going on? Is it possible that what I saw actually isn't what actually is going on? Maybe I saw something and I thought it was something else. You know, I was about to cross the street and a shadow passed by and I thought it was a truck but I go and I look, and there's no truck. What do I see? What, is, what are the facts of the situation? Second question is, what do I feel? That could be pretty powerful. Kind of an amendments question to that is, whatever you're feeling, you can ask, when have I felt this way before? Where in my past have I felt this way? And is there something in that past experience that is informing me in the current situation. And maybe that past experience is just my experience, not related to what's going on now. What do I feel? Next question is, what do I believe? So much of the time, something happens, somebody says something, and we make it mean something. You get cut off in the freeway, and you think, oh, that disrespectful idiot's cutting me off. 
And so we believe about them, it's their character is wrong, they're cutting us off, they're inconsiderate and disrespectful. That's what we're making it mean, and that might not mean all of that at all. It could be they changed lanes and they just didn't see us. It could be their passenger is having a baby and they need to get off real quick. Who knows? We can make up all kinds of stories, and we don't know which one is true necessarily, and the one we made up might not be true either. So what do I believe? Is what I believe actually true? Do I know for sure that this meaning that I've made this thing mean really what is going on here or not? The fourth one is what can I do? This one is where we can really start to take the personal responsibility. What can I do? It's not what can they do, it's what can I do? They did this, they said that, they said this thing, whatever it is, what can I do? And it might be hard to do in a moment when we're feeling strong emotions, but if we can just take some deep breaths and look at it and say, okay, what can I do? That can help, help us decide, help us open up some options. What do I want to do? Do I really want to escalate? Do I want to push back? Do I want to withdraw and just hide? Those might be things we want to do, kind of as initial reaction, but is that what we really want to do if we wanted to have a good, positive, open relationship with whoever it is? What can I do? And there are a few bonus questions here as well. Uh, we'll talk about it in the video if you look at that YouTube video. But uh, the fifth one is, what just happened? And really the question is, what happened just before I got emotionally upset? Is it possible that what is happening pr just prior to that, something that's consistent and is avoidable? It's kind of like just before an alcoholic decided to take another drink and lose their sobriety, they might look at what just happened. They might decide, you know what? I walked into a bar and said, ow. <laughs> um, and so maybe they hung out with some friends and walked into a bar, and the walking into the bar is a trigger, is a precursor to the reaction. And again, that's, that's just a simple example to help you understand. You know, but what is the situation that's going on? And is that situation consistently causing this angst that's coming up? And there's a way to avoid that and do it different. Sixth one is, where did I go? Would I go back to, you know, whatever happened in third grade? Is it my third grade teacher all of a sudden again, and now I'm feeling like I'm not enough, and I'm ridiculed in front of class? Where did I go? So that's the sixth question. And the seventh one is, who can I be? What kind of person do I want to be? Do I want to show up? Who can I be in this situation? A lot of times our first gut reaction to who we want to be is what I really want to be is I want to be right and I want to be justified. But that's really not the best thing that's conducive to good relationships. Being right and justified usually ends up heaping all kinds of stuff back on the other person. Uh, it's not really great. But who can I be is about how can we be uh, kind of a higher person, a person who reacts not so strongly to the emotions, but responds more from a heart space of what is going on and how can I be there for this other person even though I didn't like what they just said? And how can I be a support? And how can I care for them as much as I care for myself? Who can I be? So those questions again are, 
What do I see? What do I feel? What do I believe? What can I do? What just happened? Where did I go? And then who can I be? And that's a way where if you ask those questions, have kind of an investigation, you get curious what's going on here, can help you take more personal responsibility in those times when you're just about to heap something on the other person. And when you heap the, whatever it is on the other person, that might be something I know I would regret later on. <laughs> so we don't want to be doing those kinds of things. And this is a way to just kind of short circuit that immediate process and then take a peek. And I found these are also extremely useful even after the event has already happened. I'm looking back going, oh man, why did I do that? And I think I can go back through these, these questions again and, ex and explore, and maybe it'll help me for next time. And remember, just to have no judgment for yourself, this is a process, not an event. Taking responsibility is not always easy, but it's always worth it. You've been listening to the Impact Hour. Thanks for listening. Families are discovering a better way to vacation on Tripping.com. One search on Tripping.com lets you filter, compare, and sort homes from the world's top vacation rental sites, so you'll always find the best deal. From furnished beach houses to cozy ski lodges, lakefront cabins to luxury condos in major cities, Tripping.com has them all. Vacation rentals offer more.